Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time of day it is when you hear this message. This is Reverend Kay Mortimer with Covenant Truth Ministries, and this is today's edition of Bible Bites, episode 178, and we are reading in the scriptures this year. My reading for today is found in Psalm chapter 74 through 77, and so that's where I will be today. And I just want to share a few points from these psalms. First of all, Psalm 74, the author, is listed for us as Asaph. And this was a cry for God to remember his people. This whole chapter really is um, a cry out for God to, to remember his people and his covenant. And I noticed that this whole psalm, when you read through it, it appears to be prophetic also in nature, of to the time when God's enemies will blaspheme his name and destroy his holy temple, even burning it down. And so, you know, I thought about, wait a minute, what time period was Asaph in? Asaph, if you'll remember, was living in the time period of David and King Solomon, King David and King Solomon, serving in the tabernacle of David and then later uh, in in the temple period. So I believe this was a prophetic psalm, actually, of when the temple was going to be destroyed. And it could mean, uh, it could refer to the Babylonian captivity period when they came in and destroyed the temple. The Romans also destroyed the temple. Or even the tribulation time, and I believe it's even prophetic of the coming destruction and the coming time when God's people will cry out to him for his help from their enemies all around who are blaspheming, who are seeking to destroy them and their places of worship. I believe that it's even prophetic of that time. And that will occur during the time we call the tribulation and up to the time of the coming of Jesus. And I want to read to you verse um, 20 through 22 because I want to show you something here and I want to end speaking of this chapter with uh, with this particular thought in mind. Notice Asaph's prayer in verse 20. He says, have respect to the covenant. For the dark places of the earth are full of the haunts of cruelty. Oh, let not the oppressed return ashamed. Excuse me. Let the poor and needy praise your name. Arise, O God, plead your own cause. Remember how the foolish man reproaches you daily. And so he's crying out, but he's appealing to God based on covenant. In the United States of America particularly, probably more so than in some other places around the world, we do not understand covenant. We do not understand its importance We do not understand how significant and serious it is. Marriage is a covenant, but in this nation, we've taken even that covenant so lightly, um, and we don't honor it the way it should be honored. But when Asaph is crying out to God, and many others in the scriptures that you'll read, you find that they are crying out on the basis of covenant. Covenant is a very, very serious thing to God, and he will act based upon his covenant. So what are they appealing to him for? They're appealing to him to remember, Asaph is appealing to him to remember the covenant to Abraham 
Isaac and Jacob, to the Jewish people, to his people, to the people of God in that time. And God will honor his word. He will honor his covenant. His word is his bond for his people that are in covenant with him. And even today, beloved, we enter the covenant. We are seed of Abraham, according to the apostle Paul in Galatians 3, because we have entered the covenant through faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus is the one that came as the fulfillment of the Abrahamic covenant, ushered in the what's called the new covenant or the renewed covenant to bring us back to the blessings and the benefits of the Abrahamic covenant. And so God acts in response to covenant with his people. And when we appeal to him on the basis of covenant, which is revealed in his word, his word is his bond then he hears us and he acts when we act in and we pray in faith, believing that he is the God of his word and he will do what he's promised that he will do. And so Asaph understood that. Asaph understood the importance of covenant and he cried out to God and he said, have respect to the covenant. Remember us, O God, because we're in covenant with you, your covenant people. And that just stresses the importance of that word to us. Oh, it's a beautiful thing to be in covenant with God. And that's why David could come against the Philistine and call him an uncircumcised Philistine. Because in that day, circumcision was the sign of being in covenant with God. It's no longer that because the circumcision now, according to the New Testament, is the circumcision of the heart. When we come to faith in Jesus, then we are circumcised in our heart, so to speak, and made a part of the covenant inside of us. It's not an external fleshly thing, but it's inside of us. So covenant is the key. Hallelujah. Then in Psalm chapter 75, the author again is Asaph. This is a song to the chief musician, uh, possibly to Jejuthun. The first verse we is giving thanks to God, which we all need to do every day, even singing. You know, sometimes we can sing the scriptures, and that's a beautiful way to remember them. And then in verse 2, we have God actually speaking here. He says those words. And then I want you to notice something in verse 6 and 7, and I want to encourage you to pray this scripture um, about different things that are going on in our life. But I know here in the United States, we're in an election year, and it's very important that we pray and seek God, that he do the promoting, that he help us in this election, and that he um, intervene on our on our behalf and and so that his will will be accomplished in the earth it's all about his will being uh, prospered in the earth but i want to read this to you also and i encourage you to pray it especially in election years and and other things that come up that we need to to remember this scripture and pray for but it says this for exaltation comes neither from the east nor from the west nor from the south now notice this, there's only three directions that's mentioned there. What is the one that's missing? The north. The north is not mentioned here. Not in verse 6, but it is in verse 7. For God is the judge. 
He puts down one and exalts another. And the Bible tells us in other places, as a matter of fact, one of them is, is uh, Lucifer's own words about God dwelling in the uttermost north. That's where God's home is, way up in heaven, somewhere in the north part. And, and it's a beautiful thing to even explore that and, and uh, study that out more. But the north is not mentioned here in verse 6 <clears throat> because exaltation doesn't come from the east, from the west, or from the south, but it comes from God who is the judge and he is in the north. He's the one that does the promoting in any situation according to his will. So let us pray that even in this particular year. Chapter 76, <clears throat> excuse me, the author again here is Asaph. This was a song with music to be delivered to the chief musician. <clears throat> excuse me. This is another prophetic psalm. I believe, of Jesus' second coming and his reign as king in that day. When you read some of these things, you will see that it fits perfectly with the return of the Lord. Revelation chapter 17 through 19, how he's destroying his enemies and he is coming to rule and reign as king again. I did want to point out one verse from here, verse 11. Make vows to the Lord your God and pay them. Let all who are around him bring presents to him who ought to be feared. This is talking about bringing offerings, bringing our own praises, <clears throat> our own bodies, our own um, things that we can offer to him in his service, and also about fulfilling our promises. Beloved, it's a good thing when we become people of our word that we will do what we've said we would do, especially toward our God. And in chapter 77, the author here is Asaph as well. This is also written to the chief musician, and he specifies here that it was to be given to Jejuthun. It's for him. This psalm speaks of a time of deep anguish and affliction, and it also gives us clues as to how to encourage ourselves. And I'd like to read the last several or several verses from this chapter as we close today. In verse 6 through 15. I call to remembrance my song in the night. I meditate within my heart, and my spirit makes diligent search. Will the Lord cast off forever, and will he be favorable no more? Has his mercy ceased forever? Has his promise failed forevermore? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he in anger shut up his tender mercies? In other words, Asaph is in a place here where he is kind of wondering, well, where are you, God? Are you going to be merciful to me? I mean, he's in a time of deep anguish. If you read the first few verses, you'll see that. And he's crying out, and he's like, I don't see you. I don't feel your mercy. You know, have you shut off? Your mercies are supposed to endure forever. Where, where are you? It's kind of that kind of cry that he's giving out here. But notice what he does. In verse 10, he says, And I said, this is my anguish, but... I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember your wonders of old. I will also meditate on all your work and talk of all your deeds. Your way, O God, is in the sanctuary. 
Who is so great a God as our God? You are the God who does wonders. You have declared your strength among the peoples. You have with your arm redeemed your people, the sons of Jacob and Joseph. And he goes on praising God and declaring some of his works. So, beloved, it gives us a principle to follow that when we're in those dark places, when we're in those places where it seems like we're all alone and God it isn't anywhere to be found, it seems. It seems like he's left us. It seems like he's, he's turned his mercy away from us, whatever it may be. When we are in that place, let us follow Asaph's example here and do what he did. Let us remember the Lord. Let us turn our thoughts and our praises upon God for what he has done in the past. Because what he has done in the past, guess what? He continues to do in the future. And sometimes he's working behind the scenes and we don't know it, but he's always there. Even when we came through the book of Job, we saw that, that God had an intended good end for Job. And in the end, he restored him and he blessed him above measure. And God will do the same for us. He is faithful. He is always with us. If you're in covenant with God, he never leaves you. He never forsakes you. He is always there and he will see you through this. And just know that he's working something good on your behalf. The Bible says all things he works together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. So beloved, we know that he will help us. And sometimes we just got to pick up our ourselves by our bootstraps and say, you know what? I'm going to remember the Lord. I'm going to think about him. I'm going to meditate on his good works and on what he's done in the past. And I'm going to trust him through this valley in Jesus name. And so I pray that that has just been a blessing to you as much as it was to me today when I was reading it. God bless you in Jesus name. And I hope you can join us again for future episodes of Bible Bites. Bless you today.